And hello, and welcome everyone. It's the end of the month, so you know what that means, everyone. It's time for another installment of Retro Hero Video. It's the special show that I do with Matt. It's kind of a video book club for fun artifacts in the world of superheroes and comic books. We did a whole four-episode arc there talking about very special episodes that we remember growing up with, and now it's time to do something a little special. Matt actually had the idea, because you said you've been on a bit of a reality TV show kick recently, and I remembered oh shit 2006 stanley had a reality show yeah yeah he he had a reality show where it was a bunch of people who dressed up as like weirdo superheroes and they were put in like a big brother house yep and they had to compete to see who was the best superhero and they get they got like all sorts of stuff like i think stan drew like a comic and yes got a movie and all that which i couldn't find any information about it's it's a sci-fi original movie so you know that's probably why we're we're gonna get into all of that uh don't you worry we'll 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 chat this up here you know there'll be there'll be laughs there'll be tears there'll be so much to enjoy from this one and I absolutely know it. So uh, join us, everyone, as we do it. But before we hop into the show proper, it's it's not enough n- just to talk about a crazy forgotten reality show from 2006. We also got to do a little bit of history work here. We got to be archaeologists and anthropologists, Matt, of the era that was for people to really understand the time this came out in. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, that's what it's all about for us. And as always, uh, to start that off, we look at what was the big hit song at the time? What were, what were people bumping in their cars? And apparently the number one hit song uh, when this show aired, which was July 26, 2006, was Nelly Furtado's Promiscuous featuring Timbaland. Remember this one? <laughs> I do remember this one, yes. <laughs> Promiscuous boy, you already Because it would play everywhere. Yep. Every time, you know, on repeat. It was inescapable. I remember this was probably the era when I was, like, actually watching music television when I was Mm -hmm. the target demographic for it. And, yeah, couldn't couldn't get get away from this one. I am disappointed, though, because in my research, I discovered that the UK had a much better number one hit around the same time. Oh, what did they have? Uh, They had Shakira, My Hips Don't Lie, featuring Wyclef (laughs) John. (laughs) Now, again, you cannot tell me that that one is not more quotable. The video is better, too, because it's literally just Shakira gyrating all over the place. Whatever, whatever. It's amazing. <laughs> Love it. Love it to death. All about it. I want because my hips don't lie. Just so much to love. I'm like, man, remember when music was fun? Even if it's yeah. a genre I didn't like, remember when it was fun? Or remember when they made music videos that were that like were uh, creative and fun? Mm. When they were like events in of themselves, like oh, it's the yeah. new music video from blank. Yeah, I'm I'm such a weird old man now. I am so I have no connection to popular music anymore. I really don't. Nah. It, it, it's sad, but it happened. I, I am literally that Simpsons joke where it's like, I used to be hip and with it. Then they changed what it was. Now what Now what is it isn't hip. And now what is hip is strange and scary to me. It'll happen to you. Uh, uh, now, obviously, from the world of music to the world of movies, the number one movie at the box office at the time was the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie, Curse the Black Pearl makes sense it was uh it was a big film it really was uh it had been number one for a couple weeks and i know this because it actually came out on the 16th and i know that because i was first in line to see it because it was my birthday and i my parents took me to see a movie every year and that was the big new one so it's like oh let's see this johnny depp pirate thing had a great time yeah, it, it's a fantastic film. It holds up really well. It really does. It's really, really strong. Obviously, the sequels, you know, you can discuss amongst yourself, you know, when when the series officially lost its luster. But, man, it was uh, it was so good at a time, wasn't it? It was. It, it was fantastic. It was, uh, it was back when back when they made adventure films. It's true. They don't really make them anymore. No, they or, don't. Or, like, ones like this. No, and again, you know, I don't want to be one of those guys to be like, oh, the superhero movie killed this genre. But it definitely made the genre, like, harder for people to build around, where it's like, obviously, this was a big hit. And Disney tried to recreate the magic of Pirates of the Caribbean for years, where they're like, oh, you're going to see, uh, what is it, freaking Prince, or not Prince of Egypt, what was that one? It was based on the video game uh, with Jake Gyllenhaal. Prince of Persia. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Prince of Persia will be our new Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, nope, you didn't quite like that. Oh, the Lone Ranger will be our new Pirates of the Caribbean. And, oh, no, wait, and, didn't like and, that. And the thing is, all those films have, like, 
the producers of the Pirates yep. of the Caribbean films, and that's what they thought was the yep. the winning uh, formula. Uh, formula for it, yeah. It's crazy to think it only worked once. Well, I I, 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 I like the second one, actually. I will say... Second, I, second and third one are pretty good. Third one's a bit long, but yes, yeah, it the, is. The, the first three are really good. After that, it just tanks. I'm, I'm sure someone did a fan editing project. I think if you edit the best parts of two and three together in one movie, I think you could make a pretty strong movie. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm sure that exists out there. Uh, now, from movies to television, and uh, this is not the number one show, CSI Crime Scene Investigation, in its seventh season, <laughs> but it is the only scripted show that was in the top five. In fact, I believe this is the number six highest viewed, most rated show on television. The first five slots are all reality shows. <laughs> They're all American Idols and Dancing with the Stars and everything. This is why we're talking about this superhero show, why this superhero show exists. Absolutely. Of all the, of American Idol and mm-hmm, all mm-hmm. those talent shows and everything. And everyone's so quick to try and cash in on it. Like, man, I, I sometimes we have to struggle in this segment to try and find, you know, like the historical threads to tie together to make our point. But here, the point was made for us, and that is that scripted shows were number six. Everyone was watching friggin' reality TV at the time. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Funny thing about CSI, too, is I know this was around the time I was watching the show religiously. Mm-hmm. This was also in the time when they had all the spinoffs, CSI Miami, CSI yep. New York. I cannot tell you jack shit about CSI. I can't tell you anything yeah. I remember from the show. Yeah, no, I can't remember a damn thing. I The only thing I remember is, I think it was this one or it might have been Miami one, but like Quentin Tarantino yes. did an episode. Yes, I remember that one vividly too, where they buried the guy yeah. alive and had to get him back. Yep, I remember that one. Yeah, and it was I just remember it being so weird. It's like really the guy who just, just made Kill Bill? Buried another person alive? I know. What's up with that? Yeah. <laughs> the only thing I remember from CSI Crime Scene Investigation is Grissom didn't have a beard in the first season because he was a mm-hmm. nerd. Then in the second season, he got a beard because he was hardcore TV man now. Yep. And, and the lady on the show used to be a Vegas stripper, but now she's a cop and a single mom. <laughs> These are the only things I remember from the show. <laughs> Also, I remember, like, they would do crazy crossovers, so, like, CSI New York would cross over with Without a Trace, which was another cop show on the yep. same network at the time. Yep, they used to do that all the time with these shows. Mm-hmm. And as a fan of comic books, I, of course, fucking loved the idea that they did crossovers <laughs> and shared continuity. <laughs> who, who Who's stronger, though? Is Grissom stronger than the Without a Trace guy, though? <laughs> what's, what's their power level, you know? <laughs> When they fight, because obviously CSI has to fight the missing persons division first before they work together to fight the supervillain. Yeah. (laughs) That's how it works, right? That's how all crossovers (laughs) work. You gotta fight first. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so CSI, biggest TV show that is scripted. Uh, Beyond that, we have video games, which is a new thing we just added. And apparently the hottest game at the time was New Super Mario Brothers for the DS, which was a brand new console at the time. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, I I will freely admit one of the, you know, like, blank spaces in my nerddom is Nintendo, because I was always a Sony kid. I only ever had, like, the Game Boy Advance and then nothing until I got my Switch just a few years ago. So yeah. there's just a whole blank page in my nerd book. Well, mine goes back further. I had the Game Boy Color, and then I didn't get anything new mm. until the Switch. <laughs> yeah, so there's a lot of stuff. Se- there's a lot of stuff I'd love to go back and play, and honestly, it's hard to go back and play a lot of Nintendo stuff legally, because they, they kind of mm-hmm. do the Disney thing. They lock it in the vault and don't let you have it, and if you're lucky, you might be able to buy an overpriced collection, but outside, you know, yep. uh, doing ROMs and doing emulation, you're kind of screwed. Yeah, yeah, it's it's real shame as well, because, yeah, there was, there, I've seen some games on the DS, and, um, the Wii U and stuff mm-hmm. like that that look really damn good and really I really want to yep. play them but you can never find them can or, never find or them. you can find them and they're like ridiculous prices because oh, yeah. there's so few copies of them y- you would really think Nintendo being like the godfather of this industry the last video game company that really makes video games and nothing else would be more invested in trying to keep their games playable even just from a historical like museum point of view yeah it it it's really strange whenever companies do this like you mentioned disney does it with like mm-hmm. the, the whole vault like putting movies back in the vault and everything and yeah it just seems so strange especially because they're the only ones who 
make that they publish their games yeah. and everything so like yeah it just doesn't make any sense to me they have just such a like connection to history and i wish that you know they took that charge more seriously like it's one thing when sony and microsoft do it because i'm like well they're just the video game arms of giant freaking technology companies i'm not shocked they don't care about their own history but nintendo should really care about their own history it's basically their bread and butter and not only that like fans have been clamoring for some of these stuff to be released oh, yeah. like on newer consoles and uh or in like a, a way that they can actually access it absolutely and i know i'd like to do it hopefully they will one day hopefully now of course we are a comic book show first and foremost and you know no discussion of the past would be complete without talking about what was going on in the world of comics and as far as marvel goes the biggest thing going on in comics was a little storyline called civil war yeah, yeah, it was on its third issue, the, the yeah. big first Civil War. The first, the original, uh, undoubtedly the best Civil War, and man, if you weren't there back in 2006, it is really hard to try and explain this to younger, newer comic fans. This was inescapable. This was like mm -hmm. the biggest event since, like, Crisis, since, like, the original yeah. Crisis. Yeah, yeah, it was advertised literally everywhere. It was mm. that, that shot of, like, Iron Man and, yep. and uh, Captain America, the clashing and everything. And, yeah, it was just everywhere in comics. Yep, it absorbed everything Marvel touched it, was involved with it. It was, at a time, a very hotly debated and quite politicalized story. I know for people out there who are always like, oh, you know, why are comics so political? Now, no, they always were literally the first Civil War is a reaction to post 9-11 paranoia and the yep. war in the Middle East because that was the tagline. You're either with us or you're against us. Are you with the government or are you with the freedom fighters? And yes, it tears friendships apart. It tears teams and marriages apart all on whether or not they're, you know, pro-superhero uh, registration or anti-superhero registration. Yeah, yeah, it was big. And it, it like, almost... I'm pretty sure, I can't really remember all the tie-ins, but I'm pretty sure, like, every Marvel book had a tie-in. Yes, it did. Basically, everyone yeah. had a tie-in. There were so many of them. There was, like, a novelization, a pro series. Yep. They they went in all in on Civil War in a big way, and it shows. And I think, in many ways, modern Marvel has been trying really hard to recapture Civil War in the way that, like, Ooh, it, yeah. it, it lit a fire under fans. Like, regular news outlets and regular people were talking about it because it was just such this crazy idea. What do you mean? the heroes are going to fight each other what do you mean this realistic divide in our nation is going to be represented in our hero <laughs> books and we we lived with the fallout of civil war for many years afterwards until like world oh, yeah. war hulk when everyone got back together yeah it, it, it was like it just shapes basically what modern marvel is yeah it really is it's crazy to think the story is that important and it happened in 2006 mm. i guess it also goes to show that marvel in general was bigger than it ever been spider-man had been a big hit this you know revitalized readers and stanley got a reality show out of it yeah the the ultimates were happening at the same time yes I think. that's right yeah so, and, and that was huge that was fucking huge as well sure was uh over at uh dc they were having similar large events at the time 52 their weekly series and probably let's face it the best weekly series that they had ever done and yep. still have ever done was in its 11th week and hey look who's premiering this week it's kate kane batwoman begins <laughs> in her first ever appearance yeah, yeah, this was this was a big week. It sure was a big week across the board. Uh, you get Batwoman over here, but that's not the only new thing happening in the world of Batman because Morrison is writing Batman right now, and for Batman number uh, 655, we get the first real look at Damien. Yeah, uh, leading up to the big Batman 666. Yep, 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 yep. Hard to believe so much was going on at that time in comics that we are still very much living in the shadow of right now. Yeah, yeah, referencing all of these different stories that happened, you know, mm -hmm. tw almost 20 years ago. From debuting in here to flash forward uh, to 2022, and Damien has a popular ongoing series now. <laughs> yeah. That's trying to rebuild his image for, like, the third time after they tanked it. <laughs> if, if you can believe it, yes, it really has and with that out of the way, now that we have the uh, history, the backstory, if you will, we can hop into the show pop uh, proper and we can talk about who wants to be a superhero. And again, I I'm probably going to get the name wrong, 
because I've gotten it wrong several times in my notes starting this. I wasn't going to call it Who Wants to Be a Superhero. I was going to call it So You Think You Can Be a Superhero because my mind has been so polluted by modern reality shows. It's the So You Think You Can Dance effect that now I think <laughs> that that's what the show was called even though it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Again, no, see, this was back in the day when we asked you a nice question. Who, who wants to be a superhero? Not, do we think you can? Because, I mean, everyone <laughs> thinks they can. It's just they're usually wrong. <laughs> but, yeah, so we start the show off and we get a little preamble explaining what the show is going to be. Because this was popular for reality shows at the time. Because if you just jumped in in an episode, you didn't know what you were going to get. No. So, yeah, Stan Lee, comic book godfather, gets together a bunch of weirdos. Uh, who dress up, and he sets them through a series of challenges, and as you said at the beginning, Matt, if they win, they get to be drawn into a comic book. Uh, it was a free comic book day issue, in case you were wondering. Okay, yeah, because I was like looking, because I looked up who the winners were, and yes. I'm like, okay, where was this comic? Mm -hmm. And I saw that one, I saw one of them had the C the sci-fi movie original, but yep. yeah, that's all I saw. Yes, uh, you get that, you get a role in a sci-fi original movie, which is super funny, because the movie in question, apparently they're only in it for like a couple minutes. Yeah, and apparently they're their stuff was like shot long after the movie was filmed of, of course it was uh another interesting i thing that i noticed and this sticks out to me as a fan i wonder if you noticed this when they were running down stan lee's accomplishments in his biography they flash up you know uh logos of all the things they flash up a logo of spider-man they forget the hyphen in spider-man oh it's perfect it's perfect <laughs> mm, we're not even a full couple minutes into this and you already know the level <laughs> of how much nash entertainment cared because this was I was going to say, as someone who doesn't, who, who, who likes taking the hyphen out just yes, to like piss people, people off, off, I loved it. <laughs> oh yeah, I I knew you were going to love it. I'm like, man, I hope I hope Matt notices this because yeah, this <laughs> uh, th this is a work between Stan Lee's own POW Entertainment and Nash Entertainment, who makes like you know most shocking videos and caught red-handed. You know they're a they're a freaking farm for you know like uh, crap TV, junk food television reality shows and stan lee's own pow entertainment which uh he worked on a little bit post marvel uh like stripperella was their big one that they collaborated on together i want to say that him and stan lee that they were like suing each other by the end yeah probably <laughs> stan amazing guy great history did not have the best luck in business deals post marvel no. he really did not <laughs> no no all, all his stuff like outside of marvel has been really yeah, I know there was a recent TV show called like Lucky Man or something. Oh, really? That yeah, it was like a um, it was like called Stan Lee's Lucky Man or something. It was something about some guy who had the power of luck. It's basically Domino, and it, uh. and I remember I said, it was some like TV show that was like only in like on the BBC oh. in like in England. Yeah, that it is was weird. so strange. That is weird. Uh, another funny thing too. This is of course a show that debuted on the Sci Fi Network. And because it's 2006, it actually is the Sci-Fi Network, not the Siffy Network, when they would change the spelling for no fucking reason. Yeah, this and this was back when, like, Sci-Fi, they were actually showing, like, pretty decent yeah. stuff. Oh, yeah, they actually had a fairly good lineup at one point, yeah. Yeah, yeah. As hard as it is to believe, they actually had good content. Uh, they they give us a little package there showing us things that we can expect the superheroes to be put through this season. Uh, c can they end up rehabbing a bunch of prisoners? Do you think, Mac? Do you think they can do it? These guys in costumes? The, yeah, the, the, these obvious actors, paid uh, character actors in, in, in prison jumpsuits. Uh, oh, 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 did you see that episode, Matt? Because, yes, it's revealed that they are actors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I like, flicked through a couple of different episodes, yes. and that was one of them. Yes, they paid actors, because obviously we're not going to put them in here with real hardened <laughs> criminals. Though, it's funny. That, that would be fun. One of them's a, a serial killer. Yeah, you gotta find out which one the serial killers. <laughs> the truth will surprise you. It's, it's so funny, this idea. Can we get, like, LARPers to rehab prisoners? There was another documentary out there about, like, the Phoenix Joneses and, like, the mm -hmm. quote-unquote real-world superheroes. I forget what it's called. We might have to cover it at one point because there's a scene I love and I keep referring to over and over again. It's like when one of these guys dressed as a superhero goes out into a park at night to try and stop a guy from dealing drugs, and he's like, stop there, drug dealer, and the dude is just so embarrassing. Never have I been more on a drug dealer's side in my life. <laughs> I'm glad you did bring up Phoenix Jones because I did want to point out that, like, in, like, looking up all of these people and, like, the ones who won and everything, not at one point did 
was there like a page on their Wikipedia that was like full of like, oh, and this person turned out to be like a drug dealer or like yeah. a sex weirdo or anything. Yeah, that that's good to know. I was worried about that too, though. Trust me, I will make many assumptions of the people once we get to meet them. <laughs> but yeah, that that scene is great because I'm like, oh yeah, I guess comic book super heroics don't work in the real world, huh? Because if they do, you feel a lot of secondhand embarrassment where it's like, dude, you, you don't know that drug dealer's life. He might be slinging rocks to try and help support his sick mother and five <laughs> brothers and sisters. Get the fuck out of here, superhero. <laughs> but yeah, so that's one of them. Uh, they're going to get attacked by dogs because that's something in L.A. you can book for the day. Just have people yep. attacked by dogs. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and and they, you know that the roaming packs of animals mm. on on the city streets, you got to be careful. You know, got to be ready for it. You never know. And I think to myself, I'm like, do superheroes fight animals a lot? No, they don't, because you don't want to see Spider Man or Wolverine punching a dog. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Then you're gonna be like you, monster. <laughs> uh, we get our big title card here. Who wants to be a superhero? And it's the globe with the logo and Stan Lee hanging over. I really grew to fucking hate this logo when I was making the thumbnail for this episode because it's on a terrible curve <laughs> that doesn't line up with the template I've created. And uh, because of that, you all get to hear about how much I hate it. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure as well, like, like see, look in the logo, like the text and everything. Like, I, I feel like around that time a lot of things were using that color yes. and that that font yeah i'm not gonna say sci-fi cheaped out on this show but you can kind of see the seams here and there <laughs> no really uh uh so once they're done with the preamble explaining what the show is all about we get like a little animated kind of like rotoscoped opening that shows off all of the different heroes uh all standing together in a big hero shot. Should I should I go down the list of heroes, Matt, and explain their powers? Because the show doesn't, but their Wikipedias do. <laughs> they do, yes. Yeah. So first up, we got Feedback. He's the guy in blue. He can absorb powers from video game characters, generate a feedback field that disrupts electronics within 15 feet. I like he put the 15 feet in there, too. It's like, no, 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 you know, my powers yeah. aren't ridiculous. They only work at a certain range. <laughs> Uh, he's also a computer genius, because, you know, you need a civilian power, too. Yeah, yeah. There's Fat Mama. Oh, we're going to talk a lot about Fat Mama. Uh, she grows to five times her normal size when angry, and eating donuts activate her other powers. So right off the bat, we got, like, an angry black woman mammy stereotype in the show. Yeah, yeah. Fat Mama makes it very far, by the way. In fact, I think she makes it... She comes in second. Top two. Yeah, yeah. She. I, I couldn't believe when I read that. I'm like, what? Now, that really? being said, apparently that was her idea, and apparently she toured conventions long afterwards as Fat Mama. People found it very empowering. That's super cool. I'm just saying you probably couldn't have done this character today as it ticks, like, several really negative stereotypes. Yeah. There you go. We got Major Victory, who's the Superman guy, obviously. Yep. Uh, Lamura, she does light and laser. She's a Starfire type. Mm -hmm. uh, creature, who can heal others with raw foods. Oh my fucking god, this lady. She, she, she was on, honestly probably the weirdest out of all of them. She sure is. Again, we'll, we'll, we'll talk more about them as they're introduced. I'm just giving you the rundown of all of them now. Tyveculus. Super strength, super speed, fire resistance, and he can detect lies. To this guy's credit, his was probably the most original suit, this, like, whole Roman mm -hmm. centurion thing he's got going on. Yeah, it looked pretty cool. It actually looked pretty decent. Yeah, like, with everyone else, you can see, like, oh, you're a ripoff of this, you're a ripoff of that. Tyveculus was probably the most original one. Yeah, yeah. I will give him credit for that. Monkey Woman, which is exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> literally literally <laughs> she sounded like a monkey she and she was proud to do it over and over again without any shame yeah uh this is another thing too i'm gonna try not to be too mean to these people because i'm pretty sure they're all online i'm pretty sure they're <laughs> gonna see this video when we make it because like they never went on to do anything else this was their 15 minutes yeah yeah <laughs> uh cell phone girl uh, who I actually liked her. She made me laugh because it's like, oh, yeah, it's 2006. Cell phone technology is becoming more ubiquitous. What an interesting thing to build a hero around. I also could not help but realize that her pink and black color scheme is exactly like the South Park character Call Girl, which is a joke <laughs> in and of itself because a Call Girl is another name for a prostitute. 
Yeah. When did that come out compared to when this came out? Long after this. Okay. Maybe maybe it was some subconscious thing that... Maybe. You know, Matt Stone saw or something. Quite possibly. Nitro G was from Staten Island. Yeah, he's fucking Pete Davidson over here. <laughs> he's fast as shit. <laughs> uh, Levity, uh, who doesn't stick around long... And Rodiar too. Again, we'll get to that when we get into the show uh, proper. But there's <laughs> there's everyone in their power sets. Don't worry though; their powers never come up in the show. No, no, not at all. Because they are people in costumes. They do not actually have powers. No. <laughs> <laughs> now, because this is a talent show, Matt, those are the people who made the cut. But as American Idol has shown us, as fun as it is to see the people who make the cut, it's more fun to see the weirdos <laughs> and freaks who don't make it. <laughs> And oh, oh, we got some good ones here. The show, the show does an annoying editing thing that all comic book stuff was doing at the time. And it's like, oh. Yeah, with the panels. Yeah, let's make it look like comic panels, even though it never looks good and it always looks like shit. Yeah, they put like a um, like a, a, a really cheap Photoshop posterized effect over yep. like some, some things and it looked really bad. It looks bad. So they crammed a bunch of superhero cosplayers who, again, costumes actually look pretty good. In fact, some of them I would say look straight up CW quality. It, it, it's kind of interesting to see like, like, because this is 2006 where like, yeah. I mean, conventions were pretty big, but they weren't as big as they got like in like, um, you know, 2010s and stuff when that when we actually had like marvel mcu stuff and everything well but said it's, it's interesting to see um these costumes compared to like nowadays now. costumes yes yeah. because cosplay was a thing but it wasn't corporate yet you couldn't no, make no. money as a cosplayer you weren't getting booked at conventions as a cosplayer no these people just made it out of their own pocket basically yeah, this is this is for the love of the game so let's let's talk about some losers uh we have the aptly named ice bitch that's her that's her name <laughs> she was she should have won she should have won <laughs> i'm glad we can both agree on this one that ice bitch was way ahead of her time uh <laughs> stanley is judging the competition but stanley is never in the same room as these people until the finale which is such just a beautiful stan move where it's like look i'm not gonna stand around all these fucking sweaty nerds i got work to do if i'm standing around these nerds they're gonna be paying me for autographs yeah yeah <laughs> stan very much felt like he filmed all of these in one day but stan stan had fun with some of the weirdos and with ice bitch he had to ask what what would your catchphrase be and her catchphrase was i shit you not freeze motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> Again, ahead of her time, Ice Bitch. If she showed up in the new season of Peacemaker, you'd be like, oh, she's the best character ever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> love it. Love Ice Bitch to death. More power to her. Uh, we see Fat Mama, whose costume actually got quite an upgrade when she makes it on the show. She has, like, candy bars hanging off her, but they give her donuts later and a cape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Here, it just looks like she just threw on, like, a pink top and, yep. like, hung twinkies from them <laughs> which which again hey you know uh despite being called reality television uh let us not fool ourselves for a second to think that you know the people making the shows don't have their own storyline and end game in mind and i think we see this with fat mama and feedback that they had basically already picked the final two before the final two had happened kind of feels like that yeah yeah uh, we see some more guys. We see mullet guy, dude in balloon, and guy wearing what is clearly a Halloween Cobra Commander costume. Yeah, I was gonna say, it's basically just Cobra Commander. So we got Joe Dirt, Cobra Commander, and Kirby. <laughs> Jeez, I wonder why they didn't make it in. Uh, who else do we got? Oh, we got a hairy ass man wearing what is definitely a Faye Valentine cosplay. Yeah, it looks like, it looks like that, or it looks like something, um like a plastic man would turn himself into yes yes tell me that that is not and they show his hairy ass on television too they're, yeah. they're not afraid that they, they know the essence of this character you got to give the people what they want <laughs> and that's hairy ass man <laughs> there's also uh, another guy there who joked they you know as a jewish superhero i'm deeply afraid of my mother stan had a good laugh at that <laughs> i appreciate stan enjoying that one uh then we got one woman who just straight up takes her top off yeah, I I couldn't tell by the um the shitty quality, but she looks like the woman who does the last drive-in with oh, Joe Bob Briggs. Yeah. I don't think it is, but she looks really similar to her. I mean, might be the same. I mean, it's L.A., so it's all types coming there. You don't know. 
But yeah, yeah. I like Stanley. He looked away for a second and then looked back and was quite shocked. (laughs) (laughs) Can still can still throw Sam for a loop all these years later. Uh, There, so yeah, feedback is in here now. I did some interesting research about feedback. He is the one who will end up ultimately winning the show. Feedback was not the first character he auditioned under. Apparently, he auditioned under another character called Nightbeam. They didn't like him. Had him come back as feedback, and he was kind of like the uh, what's the word? Like uh, like a backup. Like oh, if someone else can't make it, we'll get you in. So he almost didn't make it. The guy who ended up winning the show. Okay. Okay. He he also tells like a very sad story about how like his father died when he was young and he had to quit his yeah. job to be part of the reality show and I'm like ah so you're already building a story and a lore for this guy before he eventually wins again I'm not saying who wants to be a superhero <laughs> by Stan Lee was rigged I'm just saying it's kind of interesting yeah it, it was also I just looked it up that woman was the one from ah fucking awesome (laughs) that's so cool yeah go check out last drive-in everyone if you haven't seen it's a really fun show yeah how about a catchphrase what a rush for us what a boat trip for you thank you very much for coming no thank you okay (laughs) what the hell does hoorah mean uh so yeah, Stan Lee having a lot of fun here. There's there's like an army guy who's going all like hoo and hoorah, and Stan's like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> and it's great because it's so genuine from Stan. I don't know what that means. And I'm like, clearly they kept filming him when they thought they had stopped, so they got a real genuine reaction of just Stan being Stan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because, yeah, like, Stan is on. He's, like, full Stan Lee mode for most of this. But every so often, like, the real guy comes out, and that was a real guy moment. Yeah, it was good. It was good. It was genuine. It was absolutely genuine. So all of the, you know, finalists make it to the big mansion house where we think the show is going to take place. We're introduced to uh, Levity, Tobias Trost, and, of course, you know, in classic... Uh, reality show talking head fashion you know he talks about his life apparently he's a gay man who's a toy maker and you know he really wants to make great strides for the gay community here in the show uh one of the other guys uh catch him by the side and his name is rotiart and he starts asking about like his action figure business and like oh hey you know if you end up winning this competition you could probably make a lot of money selling action figures of yourself huh yeah yeah now what what was Rotiart's costume. Uh, Trash. Yeah, trash stapled to him. Yeah, I'm the (laughs) trash man. Uh, We're going to have a revelation about Rotiart later that's going to make you smack your head, but again, it's literally written right in front of you what his deal is. But yeah, so we get uh, interesting. I, I think he was supposed to have like a spy camera thing was supposed to be his deal. I think those are supposed yeah. to be like cameras and listening devices. Yeah. He's the NSA. <laughs> <laughs> Just the walking NSA. So yeah, more guys start, you know, making our way in. They start chatting it up and everything. Kind of uncomfortably, I get the feeling that the sort of person who's really into superheroes and dressing up isn't really the most social animal. <laughs> No, no, not at all. And I say that from experience. Again, they're totally setting them as this up to, like you said, Matt, be the big brother house, to be like, you know, the bachelor house. Like, ooh, what kind of drama and fights are going to happen? Not much with all these personality types. Everyone's yeah. just kind of going to hug the wall. Yeah, everyone's just going to stand on each corner of the room and yeah, everything. Yeah, basically, that's, again, this is why we don't get a lot of reality show made about nerdy personality types. I know yeah. my people. I know me. <laughs> Can't get one over on me. Uh, we're introduced to Creature, who is sure <laughs> to tell us that she is an advocate for raw foods and i'm like oh man you know anyone who's a vegan or into paleo or into raw foods how how would you ever know oh because they'll tell you and tell you a hundred times before we even knew her name we knew that she was into raw foods yeah it's their whole personality yeah she's apparently also a mechanic too and i'm like ah you know with that hair that love of raw foods (laughs) and wellness why why do i feel you went down some dark paths if i checked out your social media today I bet you're into a multi mar- uh, multi level marketing scheme. I bet you're gonna try and upsell me on some crystals. I feel like you might be into NFTs as well. Uh, I bet you have some thoughts about vaccines that you're gonna tell me all about. <laughs> 
and you know Mother Earth and everything. And let's let's move on from Creature, but let us also keep Creature in the back of our mind because she comes back later. <laughs> Uh, we meet Iron Enforcer, who is the only guy who came without a shirt. Yeah, and you can see why. Shirtlessness is part of this guy's costume, and, uh, <laughs> Iron Enforcer is interesting, too, because while everyone else is doing, like, the classics, you know, when it comes to superheroes, you know, your, your Golden Ages, your Silver Ages, this is the one guy who is just straight-up fucking Liefeld 90s comics. Yeah, he's goddamn. He's Johnny Cage. He's Johnny Cage with a big gun. That's his power. Yeah. Look at my yeah. big comedically sized gun. <laughs> As we'll find out later, he also is a big proponent of superheroes killing, which makes me think yes. he missed the point. <laughs> Shocking, I know, right? A guy who looks like this and acts like this misses the point. Yeah. <laughs> they uh, they say his real job too. Apparently, he's a workaday bodyguard. Where I'm like, are you really, or did you just make that up? That sounds made up, yeah, yeah, to make himself sound tough. Cooler, yeah. Are you, you, are you the fucking real Drillbit Taylor? Because you're like Drillbit Taylor over yeah, here. He, he's really like a guy that like works in the back room of like a Home Depot or, or something. something, yeah. Or it's like, oh, I, I work the door at Home Depot. I'm a greeter. I'm really, I'm bodyguarding <laughs> the Home greeter. Depot, you see. <laughs> Keeping it safe. Uh, we meet Monkey Girl, who, again, is not afraid to just be making monkey sounds all over the damn place. Hey, more power to her. <laughs> again, you know, some people are going to find that uh, cringy, And, you know, cringe is a word that I don't throw around lightly because I think the internet has completely destroyed it and people just use it interchangeably for things they don't like. I do actually think Stanley's Who Wants to Be a Superhero is a very interesting exploration of the concept of cringe. Because when we say cringe, what we really mean is just secondhand embarrassment, right? Yeah. We're like, oh, no, why did that person do that? If that was me, I'd feel so terrible. And really, everyone in this show is shameless and cringeless, and they are kind of living their best lives. And for some people, that's going to be hard to watch and uncomfortable. It's it's interesting. I, I think we've turned a corner in a big way when it comes to cringe. Obviously, I know there was a lot of discussion around that Turning Red movie when it came out, and I'm sure you saw the same meme I did where it's like, oh, don't kill the part of you that's cringe. Kill the part of you that cringes. <laughs> and that's kind of what this show is and we'll talk about it more as it goes on because actually I dare say who wants to be a superhero honestly tries to be wholesome in many ways <laughs> and tries to be the anti-reality show of its day it, it does try things yeah and as I said before like I, like when I looked up a lot of these people there was no uh, scandals yeah you, you know scandals or anything and i think even one of them from like season two is still like running like charity oh that's nice uh, like D, &D stuff and all oh, that I like so that. like they, yeah they, they they try their hardest to at least make it somewhat wholesome definitely uh we got major victory who apparently is a former uh exotic dancer who's trying to go straight and get his kids back <laughs> He's, he's the most Superman of them all, and as we'll see, like, he totally lives that shit. Like, it's not a gimmick to him at all. Yeah, like, yeah. he's really into it. Uh, he also gets sexually harassed by Creature. In fact, Creature yeah. gets really weird with a lot of the dudes very yeah. early on. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, oh boy, didn't see that. She also gets really judgy and in the face of Fat Mama, too, from, you know, yeah. a character who's built around food and a character who has already let us know their raw foodness. And I'm like, ooh, I don't like you, creature. You got a lot yeah. of red flags on you. Yeah, she's, yeah, a, red, a walking red flag. Yeah, you're, you're judgy and you're touchy-feely. <laughs> These are bad combinations. But, oh, oh, 2006, right? Yeah, it was before couldn't get away with any of that stuff now no you definitely could not so they all meet together in the big mansion house and they're like hey we should have a party now and it's the most awkward party from again people i said who probably don't party a lot and also were no doubt told by the camera people like hey we need b-roll footage of you having fun so have some drinks and start dancing to music that's definitely not playing <laughs> like you could tell that that was the thing like everyone has to look like they're having fun now and if you're yeah. directed to have fun, it's not going to look right. Yeah, yeah. Again, there's piggyback rides. There's what looks to be mimosas. And the, the, the fun in games is stopped when Stan Lee shows up on the TV all Charlie from Charlie's Angel style. I'm glad you thought of that because uh, I thought of that as well. <laughs> that, that is the whole thing. Because, again, Stan Lee doesn't actually show up in this show. He is just the Charlie. 
Oh, these were these these parts were recorded weeks before production. Oh God! <laughs> oh, you know what? He's like, okay, let's bang these out so I can go to a signing, right? Yeah, yeah. Let's do these right quick. I I love when Stanley shows up too. He's not happy, fun loving Stanley. He's like stern oh. father figure Stanley. Like, oh, the way you heroes are conducting yourself. Ah, oh, I would never do that. And I think the the most wholesome part of the episode comes here with like the. The people actually look legit yes uh disappointed in themselves yes they all revered the shit out of stanley there is no doubt about that i am sure in today's twitter parlances they would be called stands you know stands of stan but no yeah they they genuinely love and revere this man to a crazy degree <laughs> yeah yeah I love it too. Stan's like, I wouldn't have my characters do this. I'm like, really? Because the X Men seem to party and act a fool all the time. But then again, maybe that was Claremont, not you. He made yeah. them messier human beings. <laughs> I, I guess that's not you, Stan. Uh, apparently, they're not staying at the mansion. This is this is just a stayover because every superhero needs a real lair, and they're going to that lair. That's their first mission to find the lair. Yeah, I think that's probably also what breaks it away from usual reality shows, mm -hmm. where it's, it's always the mansion. Yep, yep. And they, they make you think that it's 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 the mansion here. It's, Ryan Johnson did this. He, he um, <laughs> served our expectations. Sure you know? did. Yeah, they definitely play with your expectations when it comes to a reality show, and they do stuff different. I do think it's funny that uh, Stan refers to it as, like, their bat cave, and I'm like, Stan, that that's not you, though. You didn't do that one. <laughs> Like, there's actually not a ton of Marvel references here in the first episode, and I wonder why sometimes. Eh, Marvel probably told him, eh, we don't want to be associated with this. Again, this was a weird point in history where Stan was like the godfather of comics, beloved by Marvel, but also had his own company and was trying to do his own thing, so, like, it's a weird time. Mm-hmm. In fact, uh, I don't know if you noticed this, but uh, in the back of Stan's office where he films these, this is clearly like his office at POW. Did you recognize the picture that was right behind him? I, I didn't, but like it looked familiar. I couldn't really tell what it was, though. That is Stripperella. Ah, yes. Stan Stripperella, that he was a big, he was going to be the next big thing, Stripperella starring <laughs> Pamela Anderson. <laughs> so yeah, they they all pile in the fancy limo with the neon lights and they drive to what is basically the rough part of town to try and find their lair, which is in an old warehouse in like a garment district. Yeah, yeah. But wait, true believers, before you can enter the lair, one of you is actually a traitor. <laughs> I've sent a spy into this group of weirdos to see your true intentions and see your true heart. And as it turns out, the spy is actually the guy whose name is literally just traitor spell backwards. Yeah, it's it's Rodiat. Yeah, which what a what a fucking DC move for this Marvel guy to have a goddamn Mister Mixelplek in the group. <laughs> And the fact that no one noticed, like, not one person, I don't know about you, Matt, maybe it just says how my brain works, but I am always reading words backwards and forwards. Yeah, yeah. Especially in a comic book-minded way. Now, uh, again, they mess this up and they'll mess another comic thing up later that actually made me smack my head. I'm like, come on, guys, this is first day stuff. But yeah, so uh, Trader is here. He's been listening in on all their conversations. He is the NSA, listening to you at all times. And now Stanley has to decide who to kick out, judging by their character flaws. Obviously, one guy is a toy maker and admitted on film that, like, yes, I'd probably like to make custom expensive action figures of myself. Yep, yeah, the other one was Creature because she sexually harassed everyone. Every man she met that day. <laughs> but you're a woman, so it's fine, apparently. <laughs> and, of course, Iron Enforcer, who, again, I don't know what he is up to recently, but with his general taste, thinking that superheroes should kill, and that shaved head of his, I can only imagine he's involved or in one or two gates at once. Delayed release. Explosion ammunition bullets. So you can choose when Yes, depending on each person that I want to kill. I don't think superheroes are supposed to be killers. Who are you to tell me? Same concept where you just build strength and want to kill people when you're adrenaline. Well, not kill them. <laughs> Again, that might be me stereotyping him for being a built guy. I'm just saying, if a dude's love of comics starts and ends at image. <laughs> and like old image, not like new image. Yep. Like image back in the day before they became, you know, uh, like an actual real place for adults who like comics. 
Uh, the, the, they weigh the sins, you know. Stan Lee, like the great old god, weighs their hearts on a scale and decides which one is to be kicked out. And shockingly, uh, he kicks out uh, the toy man. He t- kicks out toy guy. Yeah, yeah which is, is kind of weird because uh, he didn't really do anything bad no again like i would argue that the guy who misses the point of superheroes entirely is worse than the lady who was acting very unbecoming were worse but you know what maybe this is actually the most stanley move ever once he realized wait a minute you're gonna try and make money off this only i can make money off this ask the ghost of jack kirby how i feel about people trying to take my money get the fuck out (laughs) He was already like manufacturing uh, figures of the, that character. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> if anyone is going to merchandise off this, it's gonna be me. <laughs> Which is so weird because they start off by being like, "Oh, I'm the only gay man on the cast, and you know, I want to yeah. do more for visibility for gay superheroes." Ah, but you got greedy. Get out, <laughs> skinhead, sexual harasser. You're fine. <laughs> feels a little weird for a show that is ultimately about trying to live the superhero lifestyle and trying to live up to superhero morality. Yeah, yeah. I just thought it was funny. So, yes, uh, he has to leave, and when you get kicked off this show in classic Spider-Man fashion, you have to leave your costume in the garbage can. Hero no more. Just like, yeah, just like Spider-Man. Yep, you're a hero no more. I thought that was a very nice touch. And again, they don't explain why that is. You either know it and you're a fan or you don't. (laughs) I just want to stop us there for a sec, just because I looked up that that guy, the bodybuilder guy. Iron Enforcer, yeah. Yeah, so his name is Steel Chambers. Uh, Of course. I found found his Twitter. Oh, boy. And, um... You were you were absolutely right to steal, uh, to uh, stereotype him because he's a huge QAnon fan. Oh my god, <laughs> man! I should really be a detective, you know? Screw Batman and Sherlock Holmes. I can just follow them breadcrumbs, man. Make my call me Snap Judgment. That's my superhero name. His, his Twitter is just filled with QAnon stuff, and then oh, like him trying to like get booked at like cosplay conventions amazing which again a lot of these guys did actually get booked long after this to their credit a lot of them got booked so there you go i was i was fucking right holy shit (laughs) go me go snap judgment i'm gonna have to send you his twitter after this oh please and it's so bonkers i can only imagine it's amazing i I will be accepting all uh what is it all fan art too of me as snap judgment But yeah, so they're finally allowed in their base, which is in, like, some sort of Korean garment factory, and they make a point of showing two women working there. Yeah, yeah, so their base is above people who probably work for under minimum wage. (laughs) Just saying, you know, keeping keeping that superhero life, you know, much more Batman than it is Spider-Man who lived in a (laughs) shitty apartment. He'd be the guy working in the garment factory. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They uh, they get on a rickety elevator that says "condemned." I guess this was a test of courage to see if you would get in the elevator labeled "condemned." You know, I expected the elevator to like stop halfway up, and they have to like rescue each other or, or something. something. Yeah, again, see, I, you're right, Matt. You should be making this show because every moment needs to be a superhero moment. Yeah, yeah. You gotta do something. I agree. Uh, we see their actual lair, and yeah, it's a super cool loft area done up. Uh, with a bunch of lights and sounds. No real Marvel art, though. There's one painting of what I think is Scarlet Witch, but it might be Red Riding Hood. I'm not sure. Yeah, it's, it, again, because shitty quality, you can't really tell. No, I, you can't. I have to imagine they were probably, like, nondescript, mm. like, generic superhero person. They might have to pay people for that, because I'm like, look, if you're making a superhero show, you should make this place look like Avengers Mansion, and there should be portraits of Cap and Iron Man and Wanda and Black Panther and everything. Yeah, they they would have to pay licensing for them. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, God forbid some artist should get some money off the back of this, right? Yeah, of course, of course. Some things never change from 2006 till now. <laughs> the The space itself is kind of cool, but what I find especially interesting is that they all get their own beds with their name on it, like they were at camp and the beds are color-coded to their costume. 
And they're all in the same room, which is weird. Yes, like you would think. I would have thought they would have done like a male-female sort of thing. Like that's how they would do it on Surreal Life and shit, right? Because, you know, we, we don't want to get sued. We don't want any problems here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> D- mm-hmm. Don't want any misunderstandings. What, when I, this hit me too when I looked at this. I'm like, this, this is a clubhouse for children. This is like a superhero sleepaway camp. And as I did more of my research, apparently they did this show in the UK. They did a BBC mm-hmm. version of it. Mm-hmm. But they actually were kids in that one. They were yeah. like thirteen and under. Yeah, yeah. It was just a season full of kids just doing this yeah. sort of stuff. And it, when you think about it, it kind of makes sense. It works much better for children, doesn't it? That's the problem yeah. with this: is that they're doing it with adults. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where the again, and I hate using the word the cringe and the secondhand embarrassment comes from. Where I think you would actually get more out of this concept with children living up mm-hmm. to the superheroic ideal. Yeah, I wonder if maybe, like, they they thought about doing it with kids, but they thought, ah, it'd be a bit too hard. Because I think this was around the same time, the same time there was that, that one show where they had the kids, uh, Kid Nation. Oh, where they yes, were all, yes, like, yes. Threw them all out in the desert, and it was just a complete, like, total fuck-up. Yeah, I mean, what's that thing they say in Hollywood, don't work with kids, don't work with animals? Yeah, yeah. Uh, also, unlike adults where you can exploit them 24 hours a day, legally you can only exploit kids in Hollywood for, like, half that time. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why do you think uh, like Jonathan Lipnicki and all those other ones were twins? So you know, between them, you could exploit them the same amount. <laughs> Legitimately, everyone. That's why there's so many famous twin duos in Hollywood. <laughs> uh, so they all sit down at the big fancy dinner, and again, because this is the only you know video that exists of the show. What? What the hell are they eating? I see fruit. Did, does everyone have like a plate just for them? Because I see creature with her raw foods obviously but what about everyone else what do they got a plate of nondescript low resolution garbage yeah i see brown do they all have garbage plates oh they got the brown oh mm, good tasty brown just like mom (laughs) used to make i mean really it doesn't matter what you're eating it's gonna end up being brown (laughs) so yeah stan sits them all down he talks about the importance of this thing and how you know this is going to be a different sort of reality show because you know they're testing the heroic ideal which again is a really compelling concept because like every other reality show like big brother everything that came before survivor you only won by like lying cheating and stealing and like the show was always about getting over on someone else so it's interesting that this show the way you win is by going against the grain and trying to be a good person. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, again, keeps going against all these different uh, stereotypes for reality shows. And also that I, it's intriguing up until this point, and I don't think we get to see any throughout the whole episode. There's, like, no product placement. No, which is weird, right? Like, if they made this yeah. today, it'd be Pepsi, Pepsi, Mountain Dew, Mountain yeah, Dew. Yeah, well, I was just looking at the picture of them sitting around the table with, like, the bottles of water. Mm-hmm, like, the bottles mm-hmm. of water would be, like, all facing the camera with, yep. like, the label. Yep. And, like, by here, it's just, like, just bottles of water. Of course, then again, this was sci-fi in 2006, so they probably couldn't yeah. get a lot of really good sponsors. Even oh, if they yeah, they to. could have gotten, like, a, I don't know, Mountain Dew or, you know, something nerdy. Yeah, you'd think so. They all get their communicators because no superhero team is complete without communicators. I think they're Nokia's. I think so, yes. I think they, they might very- be- Nokia's are like blackberries or something, yeah. Never leave the cave with my Nokia. <laughs> uh, Nitro G, who's the youngest one on the show, is actually quite sweet. He's super stoked to have a communicator given to him by Stan Lee. And I'm like, oh yeah, it's 2006. Not every young person had a cell phone yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is cell a big... Cell phones were kind of like a new thing. They were, yeah. Like, not everyone had them. But yeah, so Nitro G is the youngest. He's like 19, and Fat Mom is the oldest... And, like, one of the only other persons of color on the show. She's 42. She has three kids. Tyveculus has a couple kids. I mention this because it will be important for the next round. And that is, you know, everyone needs to wake up bright and early in their civilian gear for the first challenge of the day. Because, again, Big Brother challenges, Survivor challenges, challenges were all the rage. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It wasn't enough just to have a reality show. We need to start challenging ya. (laughs) <laughs> to do shit and uh the challenge here is admittedly pretty clever stan tells them that you know one of the most important things of being a superhero is being able to change into your costume on the fly and so they need to find places out in the world when they're hailed on their blackberry to change and then it's a race to see who can make it to a purple arch yeah yeah 
I believe it's uh, Feedback who gets the chance to go first. And man, you really start to realize I, he has one of the best costumes and you realize that what goes into it is a fuck ton of layers. Yeah, yeah, you realize he has the best costume, and, like, he's the one that's kind of, like, taking this, like, real seriously. Yep, oh, sure is. He is, he is zeroed in on this 110%. You, you gotta find a place to change in public, and you can't be seen. And I'm like, wow, this is a dangerous competition, because you are, like, really rubbing up against, like, you know, like, sex crime laws. Like, if yeah. any of these people yeah. got caught, they'd have to be put on a registry. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's exposing yourself in public, sir. <laughs> <laughs> that's bad that's not heroic when 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 did that ever happen to spider-man that he had to join a registry <laughs> also too they have to change into their costume but stan spider-man keeps his skin tight costume under his clothes yeah, for just underneath. that reason I, I kind of expected one of them to have that like, that's what i would have like done just take off their shirt and just like put on like a like an armored layer or something see again these people are fans but i question how hardcore a fan they are because there was a point at dinner where stan says you know excelsior and they all cheers excelsior then he asks them what it means none of them knew what it meant yeah means onward and upward that's like the first thing they teach you at nerd school how the fuck do y'all not know that (laughs) are you are are y'all fake fans are you really dc (laughs) fans is that's what it's about Do you not know you Stan Lee shit? I would have read his biography. Again, 2006, internet wasn't as readily available and nerd culture wasn't nearly as dominant as it is now. I just figured that, you know, they would at least know what it is. Yeah. Now, here's the first of what will be many wrenches thrown into the scheme here. Uh, They think it's all just about getting changed quick and running under the arch. Little did they know that Stan, I say Stan, but obviously, you know, he didn't freaking do this, has put a a little girl within their path who's lost her mother and is looking for help and is calling out. And the real point of this competition isn't to see who can get changed fastest and make it under the arch. It's to see who will actually stop and help this kid. Yeah, yeah, who notices them? Who notices? Who's really living that heroic ideal? Feedback to his credit gets dressed really great, but runs right the fuck past her. <laughs> zooms right past her. And he's like, yeah, man, I'm cued in. I'm really ready to win, man. You know, when, when I'm given a task, I just complete it <laughs> with total tunnel vision. <laughs> But I like this setup because this is totally like a Spider-Man setup. I have a job to do, but someone else needed me. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot, actually. Again, it's testing, you know, how wholesome and heroic these people can actually be. Yeah. Uh, we see Ty Veculus get ready. He gets ready in the porta potty, which is what I would have done, and he actually pulls yeah. out like a whole porta potty. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 f- it felt like a little bit of a Superman sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, like a test of strength, and he sees another guy there mourning. <laughs> just very funny but oh uh tyveculus he'll end up screwing that one up and running right past the kid which is a shame because he said he has three kids himself so you think he'd be a little bit more cued in yeah yeah uh it's actually cell phone girl is the first one who actually takes notice of this and i'm like oh yeah well of course because she's like 19 she's not much older than this kid or such like oh i lost my mom once too it's pretty scary huh i i also feel like like um the when when it came to like shooting it like the producers like okay all, all these these five other people that went before and never noticed this kid yeah just tell the tell this tell one that there's one, a kid yeah. there yeah exactly because if they all fuck it up it won't make for interesting television yeah yeah won't make for interesting television also yeah cell phone girl does it tyveculus fails uh-oh fat mama actually gets in there too and i'm like oh yes of course because she has three kids herself you know that maternal instinct i guess taking over and helping her do the right thing and i'm like yep that's why you make it to number two mm-hmm. in this competition uh monkey girl actually gets dressed in a tree which was quite clever i thought and very on gimmick she gets dressed just in a tree, but it cuts away, so it makes yeah. me think that she didn't. <laughs> yeah, probably. But hey, you know what? That's really half of being a superhero right there. It's picking a gimmick and then living your gimmick. <laughs> like, if I was Stan, I'd give her extra points for that. You failed the little girl test, but you lived your gimmick. <laughs> Which is what it's got to be. So yeah, she she not only doesn't catch the kid, but like runs right past her with her stink super stoked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> super stoked not to help. Uh, Roydy McHughie McGee, of course, fails this test because, you know, I'd rather kill that girl than help her, you know, because <laughs> that's what fucking heroes do, right? She's a CIA plant. <laughs> yeah, she's a CIA plant. No, that's not a real kid, man. Hired actor. 
it's all it's all crisis actors, Christ, man. Crisis actor, yeah. Crisis actors, man. You know, I'm gonna show you some shit. Really open your mind. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Luminara passes this one. Luminara is interesting because she didn't actually audition for the show. She was actually mm-hmm. voted by yeah. yeah by the fans of sci-fi. Uh, her, her name is something crazy too. Like I doubt that's her real name. Like I think she gave a fake stage name on top of her superhero name. Probably an actor, like a, a background character actor. I think or so. Like her name is something crazy, like Moon Dragon or some shit. And I'm like, fuck <laughs> off. That's not your real name. <laughs> I, I I doubt that that is your real name, Moon Dragon. Uh, major victory succeeds and totally makes a meal out of like uh, succeeding at this one too like he was just waiting for this moment to rock his superman impression yeah yeah i was gonna say again like total superman stuff picks her up flies away see this scene it was again actually surprisingly more sweet because at the beginning of the show we heard that you know he's a former exotic dancer trying to like get his kid back who is a daughter, and I'm like, oh, so, you know, this guy's, like, really cued into that now, being like, yeah. oh, I'm not a dirtbag, I can be a good dad, I promise, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's sweet for him, this, this is a Marvel comic, a guy with a problem early on got a chance to yeah. overcome that problem for someone else, showing that we can all do it. Yeah. Again, this show waffles back and forth between uncomfortable and weirdly uplifting. <laughs> <laughs> because, again, how many reality shows are built around people being good people? None. I know, right? None yeah. of them are. Uh, Stanley eventually reveals, oh, you've been had and everything. This was the real, you know, test. And uh, feedback, again, the guy who ends up winning the show is like the one who they really focus on him feeling bad because he's like, oh, God, yeah, this is such an obvious, like, moral quandary that I failed super hard of. And I think he's the only one who really felt bad about it, according to the show. Yeah. yeah. And again, I thought that was interesting. So we come to the point of every reality show where it's time to kick someone off, and they all stand on these, you know, bright light-up squares, which I think is the most money they put in the show so far. They're, they're getting ready to be sentenced to the Phantom Zone. It really is, isn't it? Like, they're going to pull <laughs> out the projector. for the Council of Krypton. <laughs> yes. I will find him! <laughs> Thanks, Michael Shannon. So yeah, the Stanley is like, I'm very disappointed in those of you who failed this. Again, Stanley in just like strict disappointed father mode. And some of them are like almost brought to tears over this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah like they're really, they're really feeling it. Uh, Nitro G is the first one to, to, to be sentenced to the Phantom Zone because he just got dressed in front of everyone. <laughs> I love the, like, cut to him. He's just, like, in the middle of, like, a park, like, pulling his pants Does down not in the give front of everyone. I'm like, oh, wow, that's, like, a sex crime waiting to happen. He's he's from Staten Island, man. He's like, come on. He I'm just a- doesn't give a shit. <laughs> I'm from where New York sends its garbage. Come on. <laughs> There's worse things in life than my nudity. Come on. <laughs> but, yeah, so he gets raked across the coals for that. Uh, Monkey Woman gets raked across the coals, too. And so does uh, frickin' Iron Enforcer, who, again, already has two strikes against him now, yet does not get kicked out at the end of it. No, no. It's Nitro G, the young guy, who ends up getting sent home. Yeah, I felt kind of bad for him. Yeah, it seems like he screwed up the least, but then again, Monkey Girl cried and made, like, a real, like, you know, reality TV show plead, so it's like, oh, well, we gotta keep her around. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so again, for a show that's all about morality, the morality of who gets sent home is kind of weird. Because it seems like he made one mistake where the other ones made more mistakes. Yeah, yeah, and bigger mistakes. Yes, and yet he's the one who gets punished for it. And he has, yeah. gets the very sad moment of having to take off his costume and, and put it in the bin. Put it in the trash, yeah. <laughs> yeah, put it in the trash there. And uh, from there, uh, we get another animated little uh, zoom out of everyone there. Once there was more, but now there are far less. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, that uh, that's episode one of So You Want to Be a Superhero from Stan Lee. And man, I, I actually remember watching this when it aired because I'm like, oh, I like superheroes. I'll watch this. It was fucking wild then and is fucking wild now. 
yeah it's it's really i i do remember watching i don't think i watched every episode i think i caught an episode here and there but yeah it's it's definitely something definitely yeah. a product of its time yeah like i hesitate to call it good because it's really not but it's no. very watchable which i think with a lot of reality tv trash tv stuff that's kind of all you need to be is just be mm -hmm. watchable yeah now, here's the good news, everyone. If you saw that and you're like, oh, man, I want to see what happens next, don't worry, you can, because all two seasons are free on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, that, that's, like, the best thing. And maybe we should do an episode of um, the episode first episode of season two. Yeah, we'll definitely do a season two episode in the future, and we'll definitely have to do the BBC one, because I've never seen the BBC one, and I'm mm -hmm. very interested to see what that show looks like compared to this. Yeah, yeah. So, yes, thank you, everyone, for watching and joining us and hanging out with us. We hope you had a lot of fun. Uh, if you were one of the people on this show, because there's a good chance you might just find this, I hope we weren't too mean to you. I'm sorry. If if I was given the opportunity to do what you did, I would have done the same thing, and I probably wouldn't have acted too different. But with the benefit of hindsight, I can now make fun of you on the Internet. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, that's what it is. At least you're doing better than Steel Chambers. <laughs> yeah everyone is doing better than him <laughs> everyone's doing better than steel chambers so until next time everyone this has been cave joel i'm matt thank you so much for watching another retro hero video be sure to join us at the end of every month where we'll be looking at more fun stuff like this and if you have a recommendation of a superhero property or episode or some sort of weird time capsule you would like to see us cover uh for this as an episode please let us know in the description down below and we'll probably do it i know they made one show like with a bunch of comic creators and i think like some of them actually went on to be like editors at marvel and everything so that might okay. be interesting to look at yeah i know that they, they did a show like this superhero one but with nerds i think it was mm. called king of the nerds yes i remember that yeah and i know that was that was cringy that's so bad that's probably pretty bad and probably doesn't have the wholesome side to this nor does it have stanley <laughs> being like a thing that you can look to and be like ah someone with integrity holding up this enterprise yeah no i think they had like like uh what's his name curtis armstrong and mm. some guy from revenge of the nerds or something oh, doing goody. it well, maybe this yeah. will maybe this will be the beginning of our uh, superhero reality TV <laughs> show, reality arc. show arc. Yeah, <laughs> or maybe we'll use these as palate cleansers between the bigger arcs. <laughs> Either way, everyone, thank you so much for watching and listening. And Matt and I will be back again next time. Bye bye. See ya.